Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. I have shared this once or twice, that um, one of the biggest mandates the Lord has given me or gave me at the time of my consecration was to teach faith. And so, for as long as you are listening to me, submitted to me, following me, you will always hear me touch faith. I'll always continue teaching it. And um, why? Because the church of Jesus has been cut short of what we were given by God to do because of unbelief. Some have questioned God and the word of God if it is so, and I prayed like this, how come it did not work? And so as we continue to share these things and star you, many of you, your eyes are opening and you're coming to the realization of how these things work. And as you come to that realization, the more the results, the more the answer, the more the fruit that follows your faith. The human mind was created to be renewed. That's just how it works. It doesn't work any other way. God renews our minds every other day through the reading of the word. You understand? That is why you attend your weekly services, you come for your Sunday services, because the human brain has been made to be renewed. Once it is renewed, the spirit is stirred the right way. And once the spirit is stirred the right way, the right results come. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, today I came to have a very interesting conversation. I came to sort of unlock somebody because the Lord gave me a very interesting vision concerning the mystery of faith. And um, all of us, in some way or the other, in our walk of faith, we have had experiences where something happens and you apply all the faith you know in the world. All the faith. You confess right, you do everything right. And then it doesn't turn out the way you want. You expect it to turn out. And um, of course, you stay with questions. If you're mature, you don't give up on God. You know, we have people who are so immature. I'm sorry to use that word, though it's deliberate. Somebody tells you, you know, I believed God for this and this person died. I have no business with God. You know, you'll grow out of it. You'll grow out of it. You understand? We don't give up on God. We don't give up on God because it did not work. Praise God. No. You ask God, why did I miss it? He shows you how and then you believe again. Somebody shout hallelujah. But the spirit of the Lord began with a conversation and asked me because I knew he was instructing or teaching me. He said, what makes your faith right? What makes your faith right? Okay. What's the difference between the man who believed right and the man who believed wrong? They're all believing for healing, but one believed wrong and they did not get the results of healing. And one believed right and they got the results of healing. 
What makes your faith right? What approves your faith? Because everybody says, ah, I believe, I'm a believer. But what makes your faith right? What causes your faith to get the right answer? The results that you have believed God for? And then he took me to this common scripture that many of us have read, but usually read it in one context. And today allow me to take the other context of it. He says in Romans, the 10th chapter, the 10th verse, read. And I'm showing you why faith is not working for some. The Bible says that for with the heart, a man believeth. Are you reading? With the heart, a man what? Believeth. And to what? Righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Verses 11, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Number one, if you believe right, you cannot be ashamed. We know that some people have given provision of some sort of doctrines. Oh, you know, sometimes God can want to work, but he doesn't work. Sometimes it might not be the season to work. You know, sometimes things might be that it's a bit early. Listen, he said, he that believeth on him shall not be what? Ashamed. That means faith was never made to ashamed us. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said faith was never meant to ashamed us. It looks bad on you when you believed and failed. God says, he that believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now, I want to help us understand how to believe right such that we are not ashamed when we believe. Are you following? Now, let's go back to the beginning. He says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the heart. He did not say with the mind. Oh, let me even give you a harder one. He did not say with your pastor's faith. Did you hear that? He didn't say with the apostle's faith. He didn't say with the prophet's faith. No. He says, for with the heart a man believes. And to what? Righteousness. God says, if you can believe him for something and your heart believes it completely, you are right. I'm not talking about your mind. I'm talking about you agreeing with your mind and saying, you know, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. He says, if you can get whatever you want to believe him for and put it in your heart and believe it within your heart, God says you are right. Oh, let me give it the simpler language. You have the right to it. Does that make sense? You have the right to it. The Bible says we have an altar from which they have no right to eat thereof. That means altars are approved with rights. There are things you have the right to say and there are things you don't have the right to say. Somebody shout hallelujah. Depending on your level of faith. And God says here that if you can cultivate a life of faith and get it from your head and put it in your spirit... Put it in your heart and allow it to settle. It does not matter how big or crazy that thing is. You 
are right. Let me give you a typical example. You go to a doctor and the doctor tells you, oh, you have a disease, X. And this disease is incurable. And this disease can't do this. And this disease can't do that. And then they give you all the whole story about this disease. Okay? And then it enters your heart that that disease is with you. And then you go to a service. You listen to a good sermon. Like for Apostle Grace. <laughs> now, and then, your mind starts to agree with what I'm teaching. Okay? Your mind starts to agree with what I'm teaching. And then as you continue listening to it, it sinks deeper through your mind and goes into your heart. And the moment it sits in your heart, and then you say, I believe I am healed. Not I think. Not I suspect. Not I feel. Because some of you first feel to heal. Oh, some of you are actually healed because you feel healed. Do you know there are people who die without feeling sick? Huh? Do you know there are people in the world who die? They say, oh, the guy was actually playing football. He was okay. And he fell once, boom, and then he died. And do you know there are people who have been feeling sick for 30 years and they're still alive? Who understands what I'm saying? And so, I'm going beyond feeling. Do you know there are people who think they're sick and they're not? They have certain signs and he says, I think I have this. And then they go to the doctor and they don't have it. But they think that they have it. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not even talking about the realm of thinking. I'm not talking about thinking or feeling. I'm talking about that knowledge that you know. That you know. And it sinks in your heart that you are what? You're healed. And you believe that you are healed. God says, if your heart can believe it, you are right. Now, let me say something dangerous. Very dangerous. There is somebody who will go to that doctor back to check whether they are healed. That one has not believed. Then we also have another one who will go to the doctor to prove they are healed. That one has believed. But that's the second level. And then, there are crazier people like me. This is so dangerous if you don't know God. Who don't need a doctor to tell us we are healed? Who don't need a checkup to know that we are healed? Now, of course, there are people who need a checkup, and that's okay. Be it done unto you according to your level of what? Don't judge me, and I'm not judging you either. I'm accepting you as you are. Accept me too. You understand what I'm saying? Because there are people who think that that microscope must speak. Oh. Oh. And so you zero the power of God and the efficiency of the word. 
Because a microscope must tell you. And it's okay. It can tell because blood speaks. Are you hearing me? But the word speaks too. And it speaks louder than any blood. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, this is not a common teaching or an acceptable teaching with people who have lived in unbelief for so long. And the problem is not their teaching. The problem is them. Ten lepers come to Jesus. Ten. Alright? And then, he heals them. And then the scripture says, go and show yourself unto the priest. Now, some of you don't know the meaning of that statement. Let me explain it. In the Jewish culture, even when somebody was 100% healed of leprosy, you were not healed until a priest said you were healed. In Jewish culture, even if all the leprosy cleared and they checked you from head to toe and there was no leprosy, because people who are leprous were separated from the general what? The general population. But for you to come back into the general population and relate with your families, you needed to go to the priest in what they call the cleansing of the priest. It wasn't what the priest does to you. It's the exercise where the priest tells you, strip to your underpants only. Keep your underpants. And then the priest goes searching you inch by inch. And when he finds that there is no leprosy, then he says, this one does not have what? Leprosy. Now, if you were healed, but the priest has not checked you yet, in Jewish culture, you were not yet healed. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, that in the Jewish culture was called the cleansing of the priest. That the checking of that human body and validating it to be clean of leprosy in its own was a cleansing exercise. Are you following? So, when Jesus tells these men, go and show yourself to the priest, because it is Jewish culture, they have to go and show themselves for the priest to check them. And the Bible says, and while these men were walking, they were what? They were healed. And when they were healed, what did they do? They still continued to obey Jesus. So they go and be cleansed. And then one guy gets into the middle and says, Eh? Eh? Then he turns back. He goes back to Jesus. And then he says, I am whole, I'm healed. The Bible says with a loud voice, he glorified God. And Jesus said, one third, ten, which were leopard, but only one has returned. The nine have gone. The nine have gone to be proved. Are you following what I'm saying? There is one who has turned and come back to me because he has believed the word has worked. And the nine were healed. This one was made whole. There is a difference. When this man came back, Jesus didn't tell him, listen, I told you, go for the check. No, he told him, go your way. For your faith has made 
ye whole. Jesus said in that portion of scripture that it took a certain faith to turn back. Somebody shout hallelujah. It took a certain faith to turn back because he risked not being accepted in the same society because he did not have the stamp of the high priest. Are you following what I'm saying? And I want you to get this thing from healing and take it into your business, take it into your finances, take it into every aspect of your life, take it into your ministry, Bishop, and understand how we don't believe God fully. Somebody shout amen. And so he went his way. And Jesus said, that one has been made whole. Why? Because he had enough faith to get the vision of a Melchizedek order and not a Levitical. Melchizedek works differently from the Levitical. When Jesus looked at the mystery of Melchizedek, he said, hmm, mm -mm, Paul, try. And when he gave it to Paul, Paul says, this Melchizedek, he says, of whom we have many things to say. But he says, but seeing that you are dull of hearing, many of you are not able to take it. They're so hard to be uttered. For the time when you ought to be teachers, you still require that you be taught the first principles which be the oracles of God. He says, uh -uh. let us leave some of this. There are things Paul refused to teach, not because they were not true, but some people were not able to take them. And it's okay if you don't take this tonight. At least you had it. One day you'll need it. I said one day you'll need it. One day you'll look at a report and say, hey, 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 hey. Somebody shout hallelujah. And if you believe in your heart, you will be right. If you believe with your mind, you will die and we shall bury you. That's the danger. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is very dangerous. But we have to choose whether we don't preach it because it's dangerous or we preach it because somebody needs it one day. Do you know there are people here who are just alive because they refused a certain report? Do you know some of you are still working because you refused a certain report? Do you know there are people here who are still in their marriage because they were given papers and they said, mm -mm, mm -mm. And God says you are right. You know some of us we fear the devil so much that we would rather be politically correct than be true. So how can the church transcend? How can we go beyond and get a hold of what God has prepared us for? Somebody shout hallelujah. All of you have read the portion of scripture. It says that the fool says in his heart there is no God. Because it's a hard issue. In fact, the translation there actually, the literal Hebrew says, the fool says no to God. How does he say no to God? Sometimes we say no to God because we refuse to take him at his word. And then you sing, tis so sweet. You sing it, to trust in Jesus. And then you say, just to <laughs> uh, you, you, do you, 
Oh, it's just a nice hymn that you sang when you were in the other church. <laughs> the other one which I will not say. <laughs> Do you really take God at his word? Ask your neighbor, do you really take God at his word? So it's okay. By the way, I'm not saying I'm against the checking. Like I said, some check to prove they are. That's a good one. But some check to check whether they are. That's the one I have a problem most. But I'm also saying, you are right in your face. If you don't go to check, if you believe with your heart, somebody can say, but you know, won't this person bring problems to other people? And I understand where you're going. I understand your question. Leave that to him and the God he believes. That is not your business. That's why I told people sometimes faith becomes so personal that you can't build your faith on another person. Some people will kill you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Some people will kill you early because they will subject you to their faith. Oh. Sometimes you have to understand how God works. One time I was listening to a preacher and who in his most humble and innocent and in ignorant way well, I felt pity for him. He said that I have believed in God, but I fear to even think what it means to choose to believe him fully and I understand what he say. He says he fears to think what it means to believe him fully. So he walked in the fear that what if I really believe this God? That's the fear he lives with. He fears to really let go. And many people are there. And many of us, unfortunately, have built something we call wisdom. In faith. Yet it's not the wisdom of faith. Who has understood it? We build the wisdom in faith. Yet it's not the wisdom of what? Faith. Let me give you an example. Typical example. Now I'm... Yeah, yeah. Let me give you an example. Somebody sneezes. Then you. <laughs> and then you ask the believer. What is that? And they say. You see. You must apply wisdom. <laughs> and I know many people who did like this and they still got it. It went through. <laughs> Let me tell you. Some of us wore those things because the president said. Only because we can't disobey our what? Our leaders. We can't disobey our leaders. The Bible will hold you there as well. Wisdom, right? All power of God and they are ordained of God. For if you don't obey the powers, you are frustrating the spirit of God operating on your life. So I would do that and I do that in many ways only because my leaders said so. But not because it's my defense. 
I met people during that period say, you know, Apostle, I was very careful. Mm. I didn't shake hands. Mm. I didn't touch it. Mm. I, mm. I don't even know where. <laughs> you don't know where. <laughs> you don't know where. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the fact that you're still alive, you made it. You made it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Through what? Faith. Now, some people say, wisdom. But let me tell you. Let me tell you the wisdom of faith. There's a difference between what you call wisdom, but the real wisdom of faith. The real wisdom of faith. If you choose to believe God, believe him from your heart. Look at salvation. Look at salvation. When you believe the Lord Jesus on that day you walk before the altar and the preacher or evangelist or whatever man or woman of God was before you, when they led you into that confession, have you ever doubted that you're born again? You have made mistakes. But even when you made those mistakes, you still believed you were born again, but you've just fallen. You understand what I'm saying? Can somebody take salvation out of you? No. Those of you who received Jesus seven times or five times or 20 times, because every time you sin, you say, I think I'm not righteous. Now, you see, you're the one I'm talking about. You know, we have people, every time they mess up, eh, and then things go bad, and say, no, I think now I need to go again and become born again. Very well. Last time I wasn't born again. You understand? And then you're in and out. Today you're born again. Tomorrow you're not. And then tomorrow you mess up again and say, now Jesus, the last time I've come. Then you stand. The preacher leads you to salvation and then you go mess up two, three, four, five years and then you come back again. This time you even come crying eh? because you fear he might slap you. <laughs> the Bible calls it eternal salvation. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Yes, a right man falls. And seven times they were. But you see, he used the word righteous. Even at the fall, he was still a man who was righteous. So, like you believe that you're born again and nothing can take that DNA out of you. Can you get that faith and put it on divine health and believe once and for all that you are not going to die early? Settle it. Settle it. Can you get that same faith that got you saved? And put it in your head and know for now and forever that I will never be divorced. Can you put that? It doesn't matter the madness on that boy. No. Listen. This is not about the thing disturbing her head. This is the fact that you believed in your heart. And the moment you believe, God said, you are right. You are right. My righteousness is on you. He says, for with the heart a man believes unto righteousness. Settle those things now. Say that when they come to try you, they were shattered already. For example, I refuse to die early. Now, whatever can come in that middle, let it come, let it go. But I will not die early. That one, I believe it like 
I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. For example, I say they will never be poor. Come what may circumstances rain, shine. That one I settled it like I am born again. That I will never be poor. I told myself once in a mirror and I said, Grace Rubega Matovu, you will never fail. Like I believe that I'm born again. That one settled in my spirit. I will never fail. Circumstances might come and shake you. Things might come and flip you. Days might come and make you black, pink and yellow. But even when you're in there, there's that kind of small voice telling you, but, 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 Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Like I can't doubt my salvation, I can't doubt my health. But some of you, you cough for two days and you're gone. You remember every bad disease that can happen to you. In two hours, you're another human being. You're Googling. Now, if I cough. Tell your neighbor, make up your mind. Either believe with your mind or believe with your heart. Are you hearing me? Because he has promised that if your heart can believe you're right if your heart can believe you are right wait for the generation that will refuse to be poor that will refuse to believe that it is divorced that it will refuse to believe that it is barren wait for that generation wait for people who know who they are and their heart has settled it they have no doubt in their spirit it can hit you for 20 years 30 years but eventually it will wake up and realize who it's fighting with because that one day in play he's ready to go somebody said hallelujah he's ready to fight she's ready to believe and god said if your heart can only take it in you are right nobody should ever prove you prove you wrong because of their science not anybody should ever prove you wrong because of their biology not anybody should ever prove you wrong because of what they see and what they say and what they went to school to study that's one degree there are 360 degrees of knowing life and god somebody said hallelujah i'm not a slave to what men know i am a servant of god and i'm submitted to what God says I told people we shall be alive when Uganda is first world and some argued you watch us it's in the heart we told them we were hitting the world and they doubted us and now we are preaching through the whole world because it was there we told them that the lamb walk and we laid hands on the lamb and they walked why because it was there we told them that the blind see and they doubted it and we put hands on the 
blind and they saw. Why? Because it was. And every time we said it, God said, you are. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. <laughs> hey. You remember the parable of the sower? If I can help us run to Luke chapter 8. He defines the good ground which is the heart. You remember the good ground? You remember the ground? Oh, some seeds came and they fell on the wayside. Some came and they fell on the rocky ground. Some came and fell on the thorny side. And then the interpretation of that. But I want us to skip to verses 15 when he's defining the good ground. Read the Amplified Version. The good ground. And the ground here means what? Heart. Now, listen to the Amplified. It says, And as for that seed in the good soil... These are the people who hearing the word <laughs> hold it fast. They hold it well in a just, noble, virtuous, and worthy heart and steadily bring forth fruit with what? Did you hear what I just said? When they hold it, they wait. Because they know what's coming. They don't panic because anything is delayed. No. They steadily bring forth fruit with patience. You see. Oh, you know, pastor. I have believed. I have prayed. I have done everything in the world to do. But I have not seen anything. And let me tell you, pastor. I am tired of poverty. And I have done this. And then you confess all these negative things. You lose sleep and appetite over that. And God is saying, look, I wish you would learn and understood how your heart is supposed to work in this. When you have settled it in your heart that you are rich and you've settled it in your heart, you will never let anything or anybody tell you otherwise, even when your clothes get torn. Because there's a patience that comes with a character that has believed. And there's a confidence that knows when you come out, you can redeem everything you've lost. How many people do we know who are poor for 10 years and they got money some people will never get in a lifetime? How many people have we read? They married late, even pastel birth. My mother Sarah gave birth at 90. What are you talking about? What I'm saying is you can start at any age and still fulfill it all and live happier than the one who came first because it's not about he who runs faster. It's about you who chose to believe God. Oh, I remember when our peers used to buy cars and a couple says, and you say, I'm coming. <laughs> Boda. You don't lose sleep, you don't lose peace, you don't lose appetite because you know those things have no choice. Yeah, <laughs> our brothers married at 22 and we say, hey, 
Chapter 6, your thing is cloaking, third flow. Nothing is happening, but you're like, mm. You go, don't worry. But when mine comes, some started ministry early and we said, it's okay, go. Hey, we have started a ministry. Yeah, good. Go. But when I start, hey, that is what I'm trying to talk about. Some of you don't know what's going to hit you very soon. People will start calling you all sorts of names. Thief, carrot, snake, river, mountain, lake. <laughs> hey, may them name you something. May they name you something. And it is okay. <laughs> Jesus walked through them and they said, he's a ghost. Hey. <laughs> so what do you think? Why should people call you Peter? No, they need to give you another name. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You see? We're renewed in the waiting. We don't draw back. We're not weaker. We are renewed in the waiting. He says they shall mount upon wings as what? As eagles. They shall run and not grow what? They shall walk and not what? Faint. That's how we are. So I tell people, yes, some of you are just waiting. But wait right. Wait right. Don't tell now, let me try this. I tell you, no, hmm, okay. Let me just go and see. Uh-uh. try photocopies no wait wait are you hearing me because it's important you get it right yeah the right business will come yeah the right project they might come four five and go you don't have a demon no no settle it in your heart from today that you have no demon on you today your heart must settle It must settle. There are things we should stop talking about. That one, you get to the point and say that one. I understood it. That one, I understood it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Wait like a believer. Wait like a believer. Wait like a believer. I sometimes see this. My sisters. And then she becomes desperate and and faith doesn't look good on you. Faith stops to fit you. Becomes oversized. But because you must get married by fire, by force, by rain, by sunshine. Listen. Even if it doesn't happen in 2022, it will happen. Those things of sitting you down, but you, what happened to you? You ask them also you what happened to you. You should turn the question to them. What's wrong with them? Ask them, can't you be patient? Yeah, you should ask them. Who's who put you on pressure? Can't you also be patient? Wait when it comes. 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 Now, in 15, he said, 
Now, listen to the language. Listen to the language. Listen to the language. He said, as for the seed in the good soil, these are the people who hearing the word, hold it in a fast, just, noble, virtuous, and worthy heart, and steadily bring forth fruit with patience. Now, listen to the next line. Because, because, no one, after he has lighted a lamp, covers it with a vessel, or puts it under a dining table, but he puts it on a lampstand that those who come in may see the light. They're talking about God here. He's saying that he didn't light you up. Oh, let me explain how he lit you up. The Bible says that the entrance of his word brings what? Did you understand what it means? Hey, let me make a small statement in Luganda. Back to English. He is the one who sent the light of the glorious gospel and said that you are more than a conqueror. He did not light you up so you'll be put under a bushel. He did not light you up said that they would chuck you and you fail to get He did not light you up to get attractive and a man marries you so you'd not carry a baby. He did not light you up to stand on the altar to preach the gospel so his testimony would not be revealed to those that you're ministering to. He is not that kind of God. He lit you up to show you off. He lit you up to prove his word that it is true. I'm not the one who said that I'm more than a conqueror. It was not my invention. God wrote it and said, in all these things, grace, Sirubega, you are more than a conqueror. That's a light in my spirit. And when I receive it, I hold fast to it. And I put it in my heart and God says, you're right to take it. You're right. Hey! What if it doesn't happen this month? It's okay. It shall happen. It has to happen. Because God can't cover what he lit. He cannot cover what he lit. And it's okay if they had not told me that it was written. But they told me it was written. That's why when I'm praying, I don't waste God's time. I tell him, God, you said it. You agree with it. My heart has received it. You know that I'm right here. On this one, I'm right. I refuse. We don't talk about it. I just continue jumping and singing because I know I'm right. I have the right to that one. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is how we believe God. What if it hardens? You harden. It complicates. You complicate. Until you... Eh. He says without faith it is impossible to please me. That means every time you tune yourself to believe like that, God starts to do like this.
And then, next morning, you say, I think these things of salvation, eh? And then God does like, shout to somebody and tell them, I please God. Verse 17, it says, there is nothing hidden that shall not be disclosed. No anything secret that shall not be known and come out in the open. Now, religious people only use that on people's sins. You, you are doing this. And I promise you, nothing will not come out. Shame upon you. Covered. <laughs> Covered. <laughs> Covered by His grace. Oh, hey. Listen, the Lord has not dealt with us as He should. Don't be deceived. The Lord has not dealt with us as He should. He hasn't dealt with us as He should. And that's the truth. There are people here, you know God just covered He just covered and said, let me help you. Martin, you won't cross here. Let me just help you, my boy. I understand you. Let me just help you. Let's go forward. But here, let's not go there. Let's just go. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's why in verses 18 he said, be careful, therefore, how you listen. To the what? To the what? To the what? Let me tell you something so serious. The biblical definition of a wicked man will shock many here today. The biblical, I'm not talking about your definition. The biblical definition of a wicked man will shock many people here today. Let's read it. Luke 6, 45. Luke chapter 6, verses 45. Listen. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is what? Evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, so the mouth what? Speaks. Can we note that? No. Let's skip to Hebrews 3.12. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12. What does it say? It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. An evil heart of unbelief. What made the heart evil? That is why God says, whatever is not done in faith is sin. Some of you are evil. You just don't know. You're not like the stepmother who poisons the stepdaughter. No. Not, not that kind of evil. But you're evil in unbelief. And you do not know that that is wickedness. Some versions use the word wicked. It is evil to doubt God. It is evil, I say it again, to doubt God. 
Some of you say, I, mean, I don't do anything. But that woman, oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me, Rebecca. She's evil. Can you believe she? Newsflash means Havisham. You are evil too. Because you have an belief. God calls you good because you believe. He says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth what? Good things. And an evil man, the Bible says, out of the evil heart, his treasure bringeth forth that which is what? Evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, so the mouth speaks. In fact, the amplified version there says, for out of the abundance, oh, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, let's go back to the first chapter and verse I read. With the heart, a man believes unto righteousness. And he says, and confession is made unto salvation. Now, God has said, how do we confess? This is how we confess. Luke 6 told you that out of the abundance of the heart, out of the overflow of the heart, when the heart is overflowing with a certain truth, the mouth finds itself speaking. It is different from the people we are reminding. Don't confess like that. You know, you still have that group of people. I say, ah, poverty. Ah, don't say. Oh, sorry, sorry. Wealth. I cancel in Jesus' name. I cancel. You're not yet full. You're not yet full. You're not yet full. When it feels and it's in the overflow. You even say it when it's not expected. When you're full with the word. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I have filled myself with the word that sometimes it comes so spontaneous. Sometimes I just am walking and something flows out of me. Hey, wealth, how about a day? And I walk. Why? <laughs> because because it's the overflow. So sometimes it spills. For out of the abundance of the heart God wants you to flow, to fill up until... It's like when we're in high school, some of you went to good schools, those very nice schools. Now, you had those moments where you get in the line for porridge. Right? And then a guy gets this, and your cup fills. And you want every inch of that thing. You're hungry. In Gombe, we used to call it kawu. If you don't know it, let me help you. Kawu was the season where your grub was over, your sugar was over, your blowband was over, your bread was over, your pecan man was over, everything was over. You only had hair. You remember that time? Two, three weeks before visitation. And you're hungry. And then they fill your cup with porridge. And you want every inch, every ounce. And then you go holding the cup like that. Why? You even drink a little. <laughs> because you don't want to waste. You remember that moment? Now, when a cup is that full, chances are a little tripping, a little, a little. What will happen? Something will leak up. Yeah. That's where God wants you. 
you trip a little, you just leak. If anything disturbs you a bit, bah, you say, oh, I am rich. 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 The day you check on your account and there is zero balance and you say, oh, I am so rich. Are you hearing me? The day pain comes in your body, you say, divine health everywhere. I feel so healthy. I feel so healthy. That is leaking right. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth word speaks. You see people who have not yet believed in their heart, how they leak. Poverty. They stand like this. Uganda. Uganda. Don't tell me. Don't tell me Uganda. Don't. What? This is a part of Africa. What are you talking about? Things are happening here. Out of the abundance of the heart. Hey, so some of you think that because you didn't get a visa, you're not going to make it. Listen. I was born to make it whether in Uganda or Congo. Whether in the valleys or the forests of the Amazon, I was born to become. Somebody shout hallelujah. Some of you, you're not yet full. It shows how you talk. It shows how you talk. It shows how you talk. It shows how you react. Now, simple formula. Get the area you feel is lacking and feel it. Feel it. The order is not confession to become. The order is confession because you are. That's the right order. That's a man who has believed. But they both say, positive confession. I will make it. I will make it. I will make it. But the heart is empty. I will make it. I will make it. I will make it. But the heart is what? Empty. That's why it's not working. It can't work. It cannot work. You're empty. There's nothing. You have no foundation. You can't justify it. There is no justification for that sentence. But when you turn and understand how this works... It will start speaking out of you unconsciously. Some of you, even in your sleep, you'll find yourself making some sentences. You're sleeping a hundred percent, hundred percent, you're sleeping. And as you divine provision, wealth and honor, increase and multiplication, you turn the lemma walking, the dead are being raised. I'm changing Uganda. Even in your sleep. But some of you, every time you go to sleep, you're barking like a dog. You're in a world, you're screaming, oh, oh, leave me, leave me, leave me. Things are chasing you in the night. You can't stop. You wake up and you're sweating. Show fire! You have nightmares. How can you have nightmares at your age? You see, the Bible says, your sleep shall be sweet. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. It says that your sleep shall be sweet. It shall be sweet. You'll sleep well. You'll sleep like a baby. And you wake up like a lion. And then you roll into your day. 
and say today is the day the Lord has made. Yeah, Proverbs 3 24. When you lie down, thou shalt not be afraid. And yeah, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. You sleep well, you wake up well. Some of you punch people at night, you. Believe with your heart. Believe with your heart. Believe with your heart. Believe with your heart. Speak to God. Repent. Reconcile. Conform. Just speak some words to God. I don't want to give you words because you know where you are. Let's raise our voices and pray. Where you've error, tell him, God, I'm sorry. God promises if you can put this in your heart, you will not be put to shame. He says, they that believe shall not be put to shame. Come and raise your voice and speak to God. Speak to God. Speak to God. Speak to God. Make a personal prayer. You have done me well. You have done me well. You have done me well. Jesus, you have done me well. You have done me well. You have done me well, Jesus. Come on, speak to God. Speak to God. Speak to God. Speak to God. You have done me well. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody raise your hand so I can just declare and decree a few words right now as I finish. I decree and I declare in the name of Jesus that the word of God this evening has fallen on good ground. And I decree upon your life that it's going to shift from your head and get into your heart. And that it will bear fruit in patience and that it will change your world it will give you greater days ahead of you as the bible says i commit thee to god and the word of his grace 
which is able to keep you and give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified the word of god will dwell in you richly and it will do whatever god says it should do and whatever dream or vision that you have however big it is god says because it's in the heart you are right in jesus name i decree that you are healed you are prosperous you are a success your marriage is a success your children are a success your ministry is a success your workplace is a success your career is a success your education is a success regardless of what has happened in jesus name clap for jesus now let me do one more thing if you want to give your life to jesus today this is the best decision you'll ever make repeat these words after me say lord jesus i thank you because you died for me and you were raised for my glory tonight i receive you as my personal lord and savior i'm born again amen the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.